single-handedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed, 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 unlicensed therapy with Ari Manis. This is dope, man. Good. Yeah. I'm very impressed, Thanks. bro. Yeah, I'm a big nerd. No, 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 no. And I hear so many good things about you, too. Oh, that's nice. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> Any bad things? Never, never. You don't come up that much, Ari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. But no. Craig loves you. Yeah, yeah. I will say that. I yeah, love that's you. how I heard, of, heard about you, too. Yeah. Craig. Well, no, I knew who you were already. Just from how long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, I'm going on nine years now. Okay, but I feel like, was there a moment where you weren't doing it much in LA maybe cuz well what I, happened what yeah. what happened was I was on Chelsea okay and um every time I did Chelsea you know after about 3 years on Chelsea I would fly places cuz I worked for a bunch of entertainment outlets uh-huh. like ET or Entertainment Tonight or E E News and so when I fly places after 3 years on Chelsea people would always say where are you performing tonight because I was the news guy on Chelsea because they had three comedians, the dog celebrities, Uh and I was there to defend them. That was my job. And that's why I was the punching bag on Chelsea. You know, you're not funny. You're this, you're that, you're that. I was like her little stepbrother that she would beat up on because I would always, no matter who the celebrity, I had to defend them. Right. (laughs) So that was my job. And then after three years of flying around, uh, I finally tweeted the night before I went on Chelsea, and I didn't even realize I did that, but I said, I'm going to try stand-up. I went on Chelsea, and she goes, oh, you think you can just try stand-up? And at a table full of comedians, I go, well, it doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> <clears throat> All you do is talk, right? And then everybody got and on you my- meant it when you said and it. And I did mean it. Because you just didn't know. No, yeah. I, I yeah. didn't know. Yeah. But uh, I think the first time, like, so that led to me going up. She said, you got to go up. So where did you go up for the first time? Miami improv. And now I found out like after I did, I found out that was one of the roughest. That's one of the roughest clubs in the country at that time. (laughs) Are they still open? They're not even open now. They moved it now. They closed it for a couple of years and moved over. That crowd is all Hispanic and black. How much time did you do? I did 15 minutes my first time. That's a long time. But I will tell you this. I didn't know. Right. You're not supposed to. So I think the crazy thing is I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. So I think when you don't have limitations, like nobody told me you got to start with three, then move to five, then eight. So then- your first time up, you're doing Miami Improv. Yeah. 15 minutes. What? Whose crowd was it? What show? Was it your show? It was my crowd. Because so I it was had your a- fans. That, yeah. That's probably a good thing to do for your first time. Absolutely. It's kind of like doing a bringer show, yes. but in a good way because it's just supportive and you walk off going, okay, I could do this. Like- and I had a big radio show in Miami, so it sold yeah. out. Like oh, my first perfect. time. So everybody wanted to either and Chelsea was at its peak. So everybody wanted to see me bomb or everybody wanted to see me do well. Yeah. So we did like 300 people my first time. And up. who else uh, went up with you since you only did 15? Orlando Leba was there that yeah, night. He's great. And he taped my first set. So he still has it. That's cool. Uh, he hasn't given it to you? Oh, no, he gave it oh, to me, yeah. but I keep losing yeah. it. And uh, uh, Neri Signs, who's a big comedian in Miami, was there. But th- it was just like three or four comedians. I can't remember the other people. Yeah. And it was an off night. It was like on a Wednesday. That's and, awesome. And it, and it was an amazing experience. I got off a of stage. I called my mom right then. I go, this is what I was born to do. I absolutely love it. And I came back to L.A. and because I lived here. 
and I and then I said, "Oh, it's hard to get stage time here." So what I'm gonna do since I was no on, one was throwing you up much. I mean, they were, yeah. but I wasn't. I my thing is once I go into something, I want to go 100, uh-huh. percent and I want to be good. Like I I don't want to be just that dude that's on TV that gets put put up and then I suck ass because I saw so many people do that. So I go, okay, let me do the work. So I started a hot mess comedy. It was my own brand of comedy. Oh, that was a show, a show it, you produced? It was a, yeah, a uh-huh. show I produced. So I would bring, at the time, like uh, Brent Morin, uh, Darnell Rollins came out before. So, I would, so yeah. I would take over a club because Chelsea was at its peak. Like, literally, you could be – she's the American Idol at that time of comedy. You could be on her show and sell out. Right. No matter – and I was just doing one night. Oh, yeah, it was you. Who else was on Joe it? Joe Coy. Josh Wolf. Josh Wolf. Yeah. You had Heather McDonald. You had yeah. Sarah Colon. I mean, just – Yeah, she created a lot of – Comedians, headliner, headliner. She made careers. Literally, I would sell out everywhere I go at the peak of that show. Just one nighters, but still, it was amazing. So since, and I would do it on a Wednesday where they don't have comedy at that club. So they would give me a solid budget. So I would bring like four or five comedians, fly them all in. Yeah, I've known that. I've heard that about you, that even now when you go, you bring like a feature and a host. Yeah. Like most comedians don't do that. Well, even if I lose money, I want to control the show because I've been to so many markets. Oh, yeah, where the host just goes up there and bombs horrendously uh, for 10 bombs, minutes or it's just like my style of comedy a lot of like families come to see me and it's not family comedy but i i say you this, don't want it to be i don't want vulgar. it to be yeah, yeah. like like I, I did new york not too long ago and the dude was so new york like f this or you know i don't curse that much yeah and it was so off brand of my show where it took the next comedian, the feature who I bring all the time, like some time to get him back. Yeah. So now uh, I bring Craig, even though he's totally opposite of me. Yeah. He works because he's so lovable. Yeah. He's you lovable. Know what I mean? He's yeah, exactly. He's like the harmless. Yeah. He's the harmless guy, guy. that works at trade or yeah, used the harmless to work at- yeah, so, stoner kid. Yeah. Former stoner. And he's so opposite of me, but he still believes in family. And it's interesting. The first time, a couple times I brought him out, he didn't do so well. Oh, and really? to see he wasn't used to, he wasn't used yeah. to my crowds. He was yeah. used like, you know, my crowds are different. Like you'll have a grandmother that brings her daughter, that, like three generations yeah. that come to my show. So it took him a while to adjust to that, but now he's crushing it. You know, you just yeah. got to take out some of the words. Sometimes but- that's fun to do an audience you're not used to and have to figure them out. Oh okay, yeah. This audience doesn't like that joke, but they like that style. Uh, you know, well, I, last night I did an all Asian show. Uh, I started one in Pasadena called sticky rice okay. comedy. So like Aquafina came out from crazy rich Asia, but a lot of like Asian- Aquafina perform. Or no, no, just no, no. To watch? She just came out okay. to support. It was yeah, our yeah. first night, but it was like PK and these other like Sherry Cola, this girl named Jenny Yang, I believe her name. Man, these females crushed. Oh, yeah, Sherry Cola is funny. Sherry Cola, and yeah. I mean, everybody crushed that night, but it was different for me performing in front of all Asians because when I do my Asian accent in front of white people, black people, Latino people, it's on point. When I do it in front of Koreans, they're like, oh, that's not the... Oh, that's interesting. So you felt more self-conscious about 100%. it? 100%. I thought, if anything, I thought you'd feel like more comfortable. No, because I... I I don't do my mom's Asian accent perfect. Like, I, I do a good Asian accent of my mom, but I don't do it perfect. So, yeah, I feel totally self-conscious when I – well, because I, I did one joke, and it didn't land like he always lands. Yeah. And I go, oh, that's because, first of all, I'm making fun of my Asian side, and it's pretty much all Asians in there. And second of all, they could probably say, like, oh, well, you know, his Asian accent, his Korean accent isn't right. Like, and, you like, think, it, and they're noticing that too. They're more. Hundred percent. Yeah, I've been asked to do a few Jewish shows, 
and I always have said no so far because I don't talk about being Jewish in my act at all. But I don't think you have to. Yeah, you you don't have to, but I just feel like I would need, I don't know. I just feel weird about it. So after I did that one Asian joke, I did 30 minutes without any Asian stuff and it all crushed. So I was like, now I know when I do all Asian shows, just don't do my Asian accent. Yeah, just do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, just, just, but if you say it, just say it in a normal voice because every, like it was interesting. We had five Asian comics, and none of them did an Asian voice except me. <laughs> and I'm the least Asian out of those five comics. You know what I mean? And so, would you, you, when you say you're the least Asian, like I'm half the black most, and Asian. So you're oh, literally, you're the least Asian. Yeah, you're half Asian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rest of them were straight up. I thought Asian. maybe you went meant like you grew up in America in a nun. Oh no 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 yeah. no, no! I mean, they were all Asian, Floyd, yeah. and I was half Asian. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it was an inch. But that's what I love about comedy. You keep learning. So being half Asian, half black, do you ever get people that make uh, black jokes around you? And of course. They, and then you, but they didn't know you were half black. And oh then no no you no! Go, I get Asian jokes around me, but people know I'm mixed with something. But nobody's ever come up to me and go, you "Hey, know, man, you're yeah. Asian." But or but no one's ever said something extremely racist around you because they just didn't know. Well, I mean, and well, not you, not the black side. Yeah, yeah. Well, my friends, for instance, I have friends in Houston, Texas. That's where I grew up, and they use the N word. Yeah, in front of me, and they're not black, and they're not black. Yeah. They're white as hell. Yeah, like I was, I was with uh, with them at a bar, and they go, "Man, look at that nigga over there," and I was like, "Excuse me." I'm sitting right here. They go, what? And they point it. There's a white guy. They use it for white people. <laughs> like my white, and they go, and then they look at me like I'm the racist. They're like, why are you stereotyping black people as? And no. <laughs> so the, then, and then they try to pull out the dictionary. And we're like, hey, you know, that N word means white trash. And that I didn't dude know over that. Well, that's what they say. Yeah. And they go, that, that <laughs> white dude over there is white trash. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, I mean, they I don't use, I've been using it wrong. Yeah. I've yeah. been using it just in the car with the windows rolled up, just listening to rap music. Oh yeah. Don't, don't do that. You can't even say it then, man. Like, no? I can say it anytime, but you cannot say but it. But when ever. I'm alone in the car. Well, you should feel bad about it. Like, I don't know oh, yeah. whether I should punch you right now just for admitting that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I don't know, man. I just feel that with the N word, it's. I don't hear it as much, which is good. Yeah. Th- oh, yeah. Especially in L.A. Yeah. It's a very progressive uh, city. Yeah. Non-offensive. But, but when you travel, you know, I, 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 I'm I, sure it's used quite often when I, especially in the South, you know, but it, at least people aren't saying it in front of you anymore. Yeah. I think, you know, it's like I think about that. You hear about on the news, all this racism and the, that exists. I am not. It obviously exists, but I have. I'm must be blocked off from it because I are. don't. You're white. I don't. You're yeah, white. But even when I go other places, I'm like, I haven't met anyone where I'm like, oh, that's a racist. Guy. Well, yeah. I, I, well, here's the thing. In I, I married a white lady, so it's a thing where I notice it's not racism. It's not educated on it's certain ignorance. things. Yeah, it's yeah. ignorance because you know my thing is like uh, about five days ago. I was pulling out from a restaurant. My uh, wife was there, her mom, and my son. And I was at a stoplight, and they were across the street, so I was waving to them. And then when the light turned green, uh, a cop behind me was a woo. I saw his lights, and he followed me for like a, a mile, right? 
So I get home and my wife goes, oh, my God, I bet you thought the cop was going to pull you over, huh? He was waving to our son. So he flashes lights for him and stuff like that. It was so funny. And her and her mom were laughing. I go, no, that's not funny. Because in my mind, and this is the ignorance and the not educator. In my mind, I'm going, I may never see my family again. Is my, Do I have my insurance? I'm going through this check to keep my hands on the wheel. Yeah. Like, I'm scared. Yeah. You know? And it's kind of like when someone pretends like they are they have a gun to your back, you, and then they go, I'm just messing with you. You're like, that's not funny. No, not today. Yeah, yeah. Not today. So, so you know, I they saw I was angry about it. I was like, no, it's not funny at all. You know, but she is from Wyoming. She's never had, like, when a cop pulls them over, they just pull them over. You that, know? That's where you see that racism still exists, that when you see the difference between races, how they react to police officers. Oh, 100%. Like, I'll go up to a police officer and I'll say, how's your day? Can you give me directions to this place? A black guy would never do that. Dude, cop. you know what blows me away yeah. is when you go to New York City, white people are posing with cops, asking yeah. cops for pictures yeah, with yeah. them. You never see black no, people. Yeah, do. You would never exist. see a, a group of black dudes say, hey, man, let's take a picture with yeah. cops. No, that's yeah. crazy. Or, or, to me. Hey, man, do you know how I get to this place? They would just never ask a cop no, a question. No, and, and There's a cop. Get away from them. And, and that's the thing is I told my wife and, you know, we had a conversation after. You know, I go, well, that's not funny to me. And I had to explain why. She goes, oh, my God. You know, I didn't realize it because it's not racism. She wasn't trying to be. No, she wasn't racist. She just at all. didn't know. She just didn't know. And yeah. I think a lot of now there are racist people, but I yeah. think a lot of racism comes from just being uneducated, uninformed, uh, you know, not being able to relate to the situation. Absolutely. And, yeah. and let's when when you're uh, in a situation and it doesn't affect you then you don't really care yeah, about you don't it. know. Like we have soldiers today dying overseas still, but it's not in front of our face. So you kind of forget about it, which is yeah. terrible, but there are race, there's racism like that. Yeah. You know, like another example, my it happens with my wife, we're driving to Vegas. The cop pulls us over. I'm speeding. I'm guilty. Yeah. You know, but when you go to Vegas, there's a uh, plane that, that actually radars the cars and call cops to pull oh. you over. So they radar you from the air. Wow. A cop comes out of nowhere and pulls you over. And they don't even gun you. So I get the ticket. I'm like, yes, sir. No, sir. Thanks, Mr. Smith, or whatever the officer's name. My wife is in the back seat with our son, and my son is crying. She's mad. She rolls down the window after I already got the ticket. Cop walks by, and she goes, excuse me. Uh, how do you know it was us speeding? Because you said a plane pulled us over, and she started giving attitude to the right. cop. And you're just like, honey, yeah, uh, not and I now. Can't, and I can't, <laughs> and I'm like, shut the, shut the yeah. But I can't say that out loud. I can't do anything because I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to yell at a white woman in my car either to the cop. You know, right. so it's this weird thing where like we're good, and I'm like, sir, I'm look fine and she go no no it's not fine if we go to court are you going to show up like asking them things i would never ask a cop but she just doesn't know because she's never been like like yeah, she just hasn't gone through profiled or anything yeah. like that so as a white woman you're allowed to yell at cops because yeah, if he hit a white woman with blue eyes he and, would get in deep shit yeah. but if he hit a half black guy people would be like oh what the black guy did yeah 100 yeah. it yeah. goes like that literally I see, I see cases where, like, and I, and I, and I understand cop side too. I would never want to be in a job where it's like Russian roulette when you walk up to a car. You don't know what you're gonna right, get, yeah. so you're you're stressed already. Yeah, they're a little scared. They're you, on edge. You have yeah. to be scared. Yeah. If you're a cop, you have to be scared. You sure. don't know what you're gonna get. They're on guard. But I've seen videos of people get shot 
that's but like and there's video of it before a couple minutes before and after and then you hear like people that haven't been through something well let's wait for all the facts it's like the facts are they were in their car and a dude got shot in his car and didn't have a gun like what right. what more facts Was reaching do you, for his driver's license yeah what more facts do you need you know so it's a thing where it's 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 a system-wide like i really believe a lot of it is not being educated on it but it's also you got to understand people's stories you like you really have to listen mm-hmm. you know so yeah makes sense yeah so you've been doing stand comedy nine years. Yeah. I've been doing eight years. Okay. So around the same time. But what I, I have a clear recollection of, because I was performing at like the Ice House in the store a bit, but I was a few years in before I started seeing you like pop around everywhere, if that uh-huh. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So what was that little gap? Was that just you? That was me traveling to work up time. Got it. Because so I was going to city to city. You built I made it my, up on the road. I built it up on the road. I made Got my it. own tour because I was like, I never want to depend on other people to give me opportunity. Okay. So I want to create just, it for myself. After that, you took a little break from the road and you came to town. And I came to that. town, but I've lived here. So, you know, I did Ice House here and there. I did Comedy Juice. But then it was kind of like after... I, I, you know, there's a point in stand-up where you feel really good about your product uh-huh. and you're like confident. Right. And I was like, okay, now I can start doing LA. Right. You know, I can, I'm I can, ready to be seen. I'm ready to be seen. Okay. Because I, I didn't want to do it too soon. Right. And not like I did comedy juice three months in, you know, and I, I did solid, you know, but right. it, I wasn't, but you don't know what industry is there and you don't know who's Absolutely. watching other I wasn't comedians educated. and you're just like, I want to stay under the radar until I feel confident. Well, I did that. My, I think I was six months in, I did a big show at the improv and I invited everybody from Chelsea out because I wanted to get honest feedback. And I think I grew so fast is because Joe Coy was my mentor. So he took me yeah, on the road too. To have, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So he took me on the road. Yeah. It was so interesting is when I was telling people he's my mentor and taking me on the road, so many comedians and clubs would dog him. Really? Like, oh, he sings at the end of his show. I've never seen a comedian. When you go to a Joe Coy show, it's an event. Like yeah. it's, it's not just a comedy yeah, he, show. Doesn't he have like a DJ and DJ? He puts yeah. on a show. Yeah. Like you feel like you saw a, a, a show, not just a comedy show. Yeah. Like it's an extravaganza. Yeah. And at, at that time he was singing at the end of his set and he could get standing ovations without that bit at the end. But I'm like, why, why are so many people hating on Joe Coy? I wonder, it seemed to stop from my end. Oh and no, hundred percent. Maybe he just, once you sell enough tickets, people are like, okay, he's great. Dude, and that's he's what, undeniable. And that's what's shitty about this industry. Yeah. It's like now he's one of the biggest comics in the world and people are like, yeah. oh yeah, he's great. I was like, no. Nah, he's always been great. Yeah, he's yeah. always, literally. That's why he's selling so many tickets. Yeah. L- literally. People his, love to talk shit. They do. And that's what I, especially in comedy. And that's why I don't hang out in the clubs. Yeah. You know, that's a main reason. Like I will probably never get passed by the comedy store because it's I won't, gossipy. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's, I'm not there, right. but I will, I don't hang out at places. You know, I just want to, I want to be like, I'm, I'm true to the art. Like I, I sit down and I talk comedy for hours. Like I take comedians. I know that we'll talk about comedy. I take Leo flowers I take Nick Guerra, I take Orlando Labor. Yeah. You know, I, I take comedians that I'll sit after a show. We'll sit two, three hours and just talk comedy. Like I'm a comedy nerd, yeah. but I don't have like, I have a family, so I can't sit in a club till two or three o'clock. I mean, in the it morning. also gets to the point where you're kind of past that a little bit. Like, no, no, not I past think, it. I th- no, but I think, like not to sound like ego, but 
you have to, when you don't have a job and you're a new comic, you you have time to sit and watch comedy at a comedy club for hours and just hang out. But you're headlining on the road. Like, why should you have to go to a club and just sit there and not perform and just hang out? Yeah, it's I, like I. But like, I love. I still go to comedy. I went there last week, and it's still great to see all these. I don't go every day, but I'll go right. like maybe once every two yeah, weeks. Yeah, when you have a show there and you could perform yeah, and then yeah, you hang out a little bit. Yeah, but I'll go on yeah. the off night just to go see like Rogan and that crew. And then I got a bunch of friends. Yeah. And here's what's crazy is you need to be seen too. This is LA. Like I've gotten so many opportunities just from word of mouth or just being seen. Like it was so crazy. I was I, I haven't been to the comedy store in like eight months. I go one night. Um, I ask a friend. There was a lineup I wanted to see. I, I forgot who was there. Uh, but I know Rogan was there too. And it was like Rogan's crew, but then it had some other comedians and I just called a friend, Leo flowers. I was like, Hey man, let's go to comedy store. tonight." he was like, cool. Literally I'm in the hallway. I haven't seen Joe Rogan in probably two years. Uh He looks at me and goes, Hey, you gotta do my podcast. I go, yeah, would love to three weeks later. I'm on his podcast. Yeah. So if I would have never went, if I, if I would have never went, I would have never got that opportunity. Yeah. So it's a thing where you have to be seen because it's just amazing. Like then I went on a show and then my special blew up like that dude to me right now is the, is he's, he's the game changer in the industry. Oh yeah. Now. He's like the Johnny Carson of our he era. Is, man. Without a doubt, man, you yeah. go on this show. I got so much love and it was, it was crazy. We talked for three hours. I was so nervous about talking. Like I was like, can I make an hour? What if he, what if I suck? Like you really start questioning yourself before you go on. Yeah. You just talk on that sometimes yeah i watched that show i'm like i don't know if i could do that yeah and then if you do do it like some people get some people get ripped apart in the comments some people don't they're just it's kind of intimidating and i got like literally rogan hit me up he's like dude my audience loves you and i didn't think because i'm not the the dude that works out all the time that that's in the ufc i'm like the more of a metro dude where it's like but you say that but uh i was googling you before you came over today just uh to like know a little bit about you because i didn't know that much about you and uh, one of the searches on Google when you type in Michael Yo was a uh, Michael Yo body, oh, and then you really? click on that and it shows pictures of you shirtless on Google. Shut up! Yeah, that no comes way. up. Were you impressed? Oh yeah, you got a good body, <laughs> dude. I used to You're have a ripped. good body. No, I'm, I used to look like. Oh that. yeah, what happened? It life, Let, marriage, kids, yeah. But I mean, it takes me about like three months to get it back. I can always get it back. That's good. But it's a thing where I just, I have, to me, my body is a dad bod. Like, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you a father? No. No, you just have the dad I bod. I just have a dad bod, yeah. And people would look at me without a shirt and they'd go, that guy loves beer and I don't even drink beer. Really? Yeah. yeah. No alcohol at all? Barely ever. Like maybe I'll have a drink and or two. And you look like that? Yeah. So what are you doing with your life? Uh, I eat Wendy's <laughs> at two in the morning. Oh my yeah. God. Sober. I, I, I used to eat Whataburger like that. Oh, I love Whataburger. In Texas. Yeah, I, oh was my just, God. I was in Texas last week and I had Whataburger. Dude, I was 260 pounds. How old are you time. now? I'm like 210. Okay. So but yeah. I was 260 pounds and it was just like, bleh, and I ate Whataburger. I remember waking up eating the breakfast sandwich then like i think they called it the, i forgot the it was the double or burger whatever it is and then you would have i mean it was just like i was disgusting i was just filling my body up with crap what made you kick it into gear like, well i went to my friend he's a he's a doctor and he goes uh you know you're 260 right now you're out of shape if you don't change your life your knees are going to give out 
all this weight is terrible for you. And he's the one, uh, I lived in Miami at the time, he's the one that created the South Beach diet. So it was like the rage of the fat What's at that time. What's the South Beach diet? I, I forgot, man. It was like, it was like it this. It sounds familiar, but. It was this know. huge rage where I forgot even how, but I lost. It was like keto, but it was called South Beach. South Beach diet. It was diets. just another Another like diet, yeah, another yeah. diet. And I lost like 50 pounds on it. And they and they used me since I had a big radio show in Miami. I did commercials for them. So I lost the weight. I was eating super healthy. And I still try to be healthy. Like yeah. I'm on that, uh, what do they call it, intermittent fasting. So oh, I really? haven't eaten since like 8 o'clock yesterday, 7.30. So what time are you allowed to eat again? Well, I mean, it varies, but I at least go 12 hours before I eat. Okay, so your rule is at just least, but a lot of one times one meal twelve hours, one meal twelve hours. No, like no, that. no, no. Like my last meal from the night before is at seven or eight, and then I won't eat till like eight. If it's eight, I won't eat till eight. But okay. like yesterday, I think my last meal was like at seven thirty, and I still haven't eaten. Got it. You know, I'll have coffee, but I still have. So I'll eat. You know, the the goal is to get around fourteen hours. 14, uh, I think 15 hours, but normally I hit about 13. And then in those 12 hours that you can eat, you could eat whatever you want. Eight hours. In those. I mean, once you, hours. if you hit 16, it's eight. And then but you could eat anything. You can eat anything. anything because it digests by then. And it's yeah. really uh, kept me lean. Uh, but then when you start dieting on top of that, I mean, or start eating super healthy. Oh, dude, you're oh, game over. It's, yeah. it's like, I can get that body. Oh, I can get that body back. Quick, man. But now it's like you're married. Why even have a good body? You know? I th- and my wife wants me. I believe all women, when they get married, they want their dude out of shape. I, I, I <laughs> Just say, so they it, don't worry about them as much? Not, I don't like, know oh, what it he's is. He's not chasing other girls. He has a he has I don't a know if it's butt. that. It's just, it's very weird. Like, my wife is always constantly saying, oh, you want to eat this? You want to eat that? You want to, like, no. Even when I'm saying, hey, I'm cut down on carbs and stuff, orders pizza. Like, purposely. Just, like she, yeah. Just or just has candy around. Like when I'm not dieting or trying to lean up, oh, she'll, nothing's she in that, but crazy. nothing's in the house then, you know? But as soon as I'm trying to lean up, it's like all this bad shit she throws What a in. bad influence. I know, my wife. Um, so you probably weren't told the premise of the show because no. I realized I needed to tell the booker to do that to the guests. But the premise to this show is called Unlicensed Therapy. And I'm an expert in everything. Are you I'm really? really wise. Yeah, I know oh. a lot. I'm 29 years old, but oh. I do know more than you about everything in oh, life. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, I that's could, interesting. And uh, I could help you okay. with your life. So if you have any issues or yes. problems in your life, I could fix them for you. Okay. that could be, you know, everyone's got problems. That could be relationship. That so you're could like be, a therapist. Yeah, I'm a therapist. Okay. Family, you name it. All right, all right. Friendship. How do I get my kid that's two years old to stop throwing things? Stop throwing things? He'll well, pick up everything and just start throwing it. Punishment. Like what kind of punishment? Do you want me to beat my kid? I don't want you to beat your kid. Uh, you know, a tiny little little slap might be okay. Slap where? Uh, you know, a spank or uh, maybe like just slap his wrist, something. Oh, slap some, the wrist? Yeah, just like that might be acceptable by today's societies by some people. Certain people would say don't do that at all. Uh-huh. I think it's okay. It's okay. Personally, that's but that's like you may not. That's kind of a But you're you're you're, you're the father, that's your choice to be able to as far as that, but you could punish them in other ways. I imagine, I don't know. I don't know how you raise your kid. Is he spoiled? Does he get a lot of toys? What's no, something that, that he a 2-year-old really does he have an iPad? Like what's something that your two-year-old, what's his favorite thing? Lion King. Lion King. Okay. So when he throws things, no Lion King today. 
but I don't think he he's smart enough. Like he's two. He doesn't. He does, get, he's not. Yeah, you he gotta you gotta take some immediate from him. Like Lion King, you can't be like, hey, later on today, you he he'd be like, what? Uh, so you gotta. Well, take what some- if you brought it up? What if he as he's throwing things, you go, you want to watch Lion King? And you go, and then he says, yeah. Well, you stop throwing things, or you don't get there to watch it, it. Yeah, there it is. I like that. See, or you have a picture of like Simba printed and you burn <laughs> when he starts throwing things you take fire and you burn simba to death like a stu- or simba stuffed animals that's and not traumatic for a kid it, pro- it probably is but i mean how bad do you want him to stop throwing things you know yeah that that's kind of mean yeah yeah uh-huh. that's maybe a- you take like a fake string like a noose and you wrap it around a simba stuffed animal and every time he throws things you hang hang simba, simba. Just on something, just hanging there dead. And, and just tell them it's the circle of life. Circle of life. You just create what happens when you throw things. Simba dies. Simba dies. Simba dies. Wow. I've never... Yeah, I think slapping on the wrist is better than that. <laughs> I think my kid's going to have see, problems. See, if, some people are saying violence isn't the answer. I just showed that it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay, I will I will work on that today. I will put a noose around... No, I will slap. Slap the hands is acceptable. I, it is to me. I think there's certain people that are like, it's never okay to touch your kid negatively. Don't you think, uh, well, let me ask you this. Do you think parents are too soft today? Because you don't look like a kid that got hit. Uh, my, I think in my, as before I was 18, my dad might have pushed me once. Yeah, you look like that kid. But yeah, he never like hit me with a belt or, or like sat me down and spanked me. Like that's never happened to me. I could just but tell. They were strict. Like but strict out, like what they do. I wasn't allowed to see PG thirteen movies till I was thirteen. I wasn't allowed to see R movies till I was seventeen. I would get sent to timeout all the time now, for doing things wrong. I had a curfew. I wasn't allowed to have girls over. I wasn't allowed to. They would, you know, if I was going to a friend's house, they needed to talk to their parents first. Just like very over, over mothering, over overbearing. Okay, so so I want to talk about timeout. My wife is in the timeouts. I don't think they work. They worked for me because you say, oh, who cares? He's getting sent to his room, which is an awesome room, right? Maybe that's what you think. But for me, it's just like had forced to be somewhere as a kid by yourself when you weren't planning on being there. You just feel and knowing you're in trouble. I hated timeouts. How old were you when you were getting timeouts? I don't remember, but I never liked them. Because my son is two. And when he acts up, my wife will put him in the crib. Yeah. And just close the door and let them cry for like five minutes. I don't think timeouts work. Like my parents never put me in timeout. The only time that's I, why you don't think they work. No, but the only timeout I had was between swings. Like literally oh, so your when, parents hit you. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. My dad would make me count. See, that's really what it comes down to. You, most people raise their kids how they were raised. Yeah. So you, you got hit. So you're like, ah, oh, I'll, I'll hit my kid or, you know, well, my wife tells me not to hit. Him. Right. 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 So I've and never hit my kid. Timeout, so she does timeout. They're both. It's when you're a kid, a timeout see, is effective. I can't see timeouts working. There's but, just no, there's like, go to your room. Okay. Like if my mom told me, like my dad would come home. I only got spanked three times. I do know that. Okay. But so guys, no, it wasn't often. So no, not all. It wasn't like an everyday occurrence, but he would take his belt off and it would make oh, me. Oh, belt spank. Oh That's yeah. More intense. It was yeah. brutal. Yeah. Like it was a whooping. Yeah. The whooping. My dad would hit me 10 times and make me count every leg. Boom. One. Boom, two. And man. Did he mix up how hard each one was or were they consistently the same? Oh, no, same it was the speed? same. Like as hard as he could hit. Like it wasn't, it wasn't soft at all. Damn. Like you had whip marks. 
Oh my god. Oh, yeah. on my butt. Like wow. literally today he would be in jail. Like my dad would be <laughs> My dad would be in prison today. Yeah, to me I think I do think hitting the wrist is okay or whatever. Not not, you know, beating your kid, but hey, this isn't okay. Same thing with like, you know, like hitting a dog with a newspaper kind of. Okay. But some people would say that's bad. And some but that's the thing. Some people in today's you choose society your battles. is just no no physical contact at all. That's how some people think. And I think either is whatever, but punishment is sometimes you just need to, or kids will grow up spoiled and they, and they don't listen. You need to punish your kid, whether that's timeout, whether that's yelling, whether that's kids are ruthless. They are. They're little and demons. They, and they know, they know. I, my wife is like, well, he doesn't know. No, he knows. He knows. He's manipulating my wife all the freaking build time. The, at the end of the day, they're animals. We're all animals and we'll do what we can get away with. A hundred percent. Yeah. So. And I try to tell that to my wife. How do I convince my wife he knows what he's doing? Because she's just like, no, he's only two. He doesn't know anything. And I'll tell you what, who are the kids that everyone hates the most? Spoiled kids. Spoiled oh, 100%. kids walking around where they just don't listen to anyone because they get away with anything. They're the worst kids. Those are the kids that other people see and go, oh, that kid kind of Were sucks. you spoiled? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Okay, good. Man, my parents had money too, but they didn't spoil me. Okay, it was the opposite. Yeah. Oh, mine. Mine didn't have money, but uh, I mean, they, they we were middle class. But my dad, man, being black and Asian, that's two eth ethnic cultures that make you work. Yeah, neither of those cultures spoil. Yeah. No, not at all. Are you okay? Are you dying over here? I have a little cold that I'm getting over. But oh, I'm thank good. you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, you're into my cold. tight garage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're going to get me building sick. up your immune system. Yeah. Thanks. I'm going to get my kids sick now because Perfect. of you. Good for his immune system. And As a kid, that's when you want your kids to get sick the most. When kid, no, seriously. I read that on the internet. When your kids, the more you get sick, the better your immune system is for when you're an adult. You know what's funny? I was uh, interviewing Kristen Bell, and I just, we She's were talking. Cute. Yeah, she's great. I was talking about... I haven't seen her since her movies a while ago, but she was cute. Oh, yeah, movies. she's on a show on NBC all the time. But she, we were talking babies at the time. She goes... And I, I, I Is found, she married with babies? Yeah, with Dak Shepard. Wow. I think she has, or maybe she doesn't. I'm not really sure. But, <laughs> yeah, she does. She does, because she gave me this advice. She goes, and it was weird advice. She goes, you should take your baby's hand and put it in your mouth so they'll get your germs. Like... And I was that like, might be a little extreme. And I was like, that's very weird. But I'll go, she goes, no, because they get immune to it. Like you said, the more germs they get accustomed makes sense, to. Yeah. And no, it totally makes sense. But I was like, wow, you're like on purpose. Like you're trying to get your kids. It's kind of like chicken pox parties. You ever do that when you were a kid? No, I just got it on my own. You got it on your own. We but, didn't have a party. But they had those. Do they where, really? Yeah, they would get, if a kid had chicken pox, they would put all his classmates in. They'd purposely make them hang out with each other. Because they'd want all their kids to what get chicken What school did you go time. to, man? <laughs> You're talking about abusing kids, man. You never heard of that? That's a real thing. I've never heard of that in my life. Yeah. Now, see, now they might even have like a chicken pox shock shot, right? Do kids even get chicken pox anymore? I don't even know. Have your kids? Well, he's the only two. No, I think they yeah. do. I think they do, but yeah, I've never heard of it. When I was a kid. Maybe that's a white thing. Maybe it's a white thing. But yeah, they would want to just get it out of the way, you know? No, I get that. So and how And it's apparently dangerous after a certain age if you haven't yes. had chicken pox. Uh-huh. So they would when one kid had chicken pox, they would purposely have them hang out with the other kids. Did you together. go through that? I think I got it on my own too. Okay. But I remember other kids having to go through that. That is hilarious. And they probably and I bet you the parents didn't tell them either. They tricked them. They're like, Oh yeah, you're going to John's party today. 
And it was just it's a just bunch a of kids party. catching chicken pox. And they didn't even know. Yeah, it's pretty evil when you think about it. It's I'm going to put my kids in this room to get sick. Horrible. But they're doing it out of love. They're doing yeah, it. but they're doing I mean, you know, chicken pox is deadly too. I was a kid who had no self-control. Still am a little bit. I don't have a lot of self-control. And I would scratch my chicken pox. And I have a scar in the middle of my forehead from scratching chicken pox. Oh, I pox. see that. Yeah, yeah. That was a big chicken pox, man. Yeah. Wow. You have no self-control in what else? Junk food, women. Uh, okay. All the, all the, those are my powerless things. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I used to be like that. Yeah. What, what changed? Uh, just... Well, I got married. That changed. It. Well, yeah. But the reason why, not the reason why, but one of the reasons why, this is like three years before I met my wife, I woke up uh, at my funeral. I was dreaming about oh. my funeral. Wow. And it was just random chicks I hooked up with at my funeral. And I literally, literally woke up like stressed out. And I go, I got to change my life, man. Cause this, a life-changing dream. You know, I was like, if I were to die today, this would be my legacy. Wow. And, and, and then it hit me, those women wouldn't even show up. So like, there would be nobody at my funeral besides my parents. And I was like, I started dating to marry instead of dating to date, which is something different. So, I'll say this. I'm looking for love. Are you? Yeah, I'm looking for true okay. love. But I'm single. And until I find that, do you meet I'll a lot of your women go. at the comedy clubs and stuff like that? Yeah, is that where? Yeah, you're that dude. Uh -huh. No, but it's not like I'm not that dude. <laughs> I'm just that's just where I hang out. That's where I go. Uh huh. It's not that I'm there looking for women. It's that I don't have a job. I don't. Uh, I'm not in any classes. I'm not in really any other places in my life where I'm even meeting women. Those are just happen besides the comedy. Place. Yeah, they'll see me perform. They'll say, "Hey." I'm when, whatever we we meet there wow but it's not what's like your, what's your what's your luckiest club where do you get lucky the most in town in town uh probably the comedy store wow but it's not like i listen i'm not i'm making it seem like i get all these girls i'm not like a ladies man getting all the girls i'm just saying that's one thing in my life that i'm kind of powerless over i okay. do like girls if well girls, i mean who doesn't right so, but I'm not like a player or a slut or, and I'm, I'd rather, I'm a relationship guy. I'm a Are you really? Yeah, I'm a monoga monogamous guy. You can't even say it. I've I love had, it. Monogamous. I've had five girlfriends in my life. Okay. 20, I'm 29. I've had five girlfriends. That's. How's, how's, um, how is it like being in the scene as a 29 year old comic? And you're in this pool of everybody trying to make, and I haven't made it yet either. I'm yes, still, you have. No, 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 yes, no. Yes, you 100% have. You have no. a full-blown career. Yeah, but I'm trying you to. You probably own a house. Do you own a house? Anyway, yes. Yeah. I got okay. a house. So, so nice being humble, but you've made it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but the thing is. You, it, you don't, you're not necessarily have met all your goals. No, you still have You still have things that you're working towards. 100%. But you've made it. No. Yes. No. Yes. You because make, I also you probably know, make more money than the average lawyer. I will say this, but it all can be gone like that. That's True. why I haven't made but it. Everyone feels that way, though. No, 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 everyone no, no. Always, every entertainer no. always feels that way. That's the thing. Like every actor, they, they finish a movie. Well, they're a movie star and they go, who knows if I'll get cast in another movie. It but, could all be over. But it's different when um, you make your own destiny. Like that's why I love stand up is that's my career 
Nobody can control that except me. Now, there's right. a lot of politics to get on certain stages. We all know that. Right. But if you can sell tickets, you you'll can, get booked. You, you can get booked. Another thing is what I want to get into, which you know about, like podcasting. If you create your own monster, right. you control that. Right. Like I'm in the mindset of controlling everything I do. Right now, I only control a third of my career. Other people control the rest. But of also it. it seems like that's the way things are moving from my perspective too. Like it used to be, I need to get on TV. No. And, and yeah. then I, then I'll have a career. Then I'll have an audience, blah, blah, blah. And it's that see, it still would be awesome to get on TV. Don't get me wrong. But now I know people who've starred in three seasons of a television show. Nobody and knows. And I who have they are. more Instagram followers than they do. Yeah. Like I have more people who know my stand up than they do. See, and that's what I'm saying. It's that what, what's crazy is for my I have a special out. It's called Blazing. Stream it free on Amazon Prime. But Amazon I Prime. put out I put up two clips, and it's like a week ago. One has 175,000 views, and the other one has like 130. Yeah. And my followers have shot up, and it was so just wow. This like, is on YouTube or no, Instagram? no, no. I just put it up on Instagram. Instagram, yeah, and. I'm blown away with all the love I'm getting. So it's a thing where I think moving forward and this is for everybody. And I tell everybody coming up, man, I love working for people like companies and I love the opportunity. Sure. But at the same time, I'm trying to create my own destiny. Like right. I, when I did Rogan, it was a game changer for me. Yeah. Like literally I walked into Rogan's complex, not yeah. a room, a complex. Oh yeah. It's a, he has a full gym, a full gym, a body sync podcast studio. It's just, it's Crazy. amazing. And yeah. I go, this dude's controlling his life. Nobody can take this podcast away from him. Nobody. You know, even if he lost his UFC, even if he lost, well, really, every- that's the only thing he does where it's still, he has a job. Yeah. Well, his, and his, he does it commenta- because he loves it. But yeah. that, besides that, it's stand up and podcasting. He doesn't do acting. He's like, and that guy is the, living the dream. And I feel that, you know, I'm in a position where like, I could I could create some movement in the podcast world just because of the contacts I have and yeah. I just treat everybody well and it's and it's a thing where you know now I'm talking to other comedians about you know like I'm on this fence where oh I just want to have comedians on and then they go but people know you for pop you culture. could do both well yeah it doesn't need people, to be just one it doesn't pe- need to like I have mostly comedians on because that's the only people I know yeah and that's the only people I have ties to yeah but I would love to have uh, you know, an actor or a politician or just some, someone else who I kind of admire, skateboarders, what, whatever. Absolutely. And that's what, and that's what I love about Rogan's. He has three different, he has the fighters. They don't have these doctors and conspiracy theorists. I mean, yeah. he talks to everybody and I want to do that, but I want to mix a lot of pop culture into it too. Cause that's what people know me from. Right. You know, I want to talk, I want to talk about big stories of the day, but mix it with other stuff mm-hmm. too. Things I like, you know, and you've done radio so long. You're just, Yeah podcasting would be it's so so natural for you because it's essentially radio and and you're gonna set it up for me and i'm gonna set and up I'm gonna all pay your you money equipment yeah, yeah. And, and i'm gonna be rich and I'm you're gonna, gonna be rich off I'm my gonna, podcast uh, yeah you're gonna give me a hundred thousand dollars hundred million dollars to set up million. my podcast okay we're gonna take a couple calls here okay this is uh people call the show and they just want advice okay so this is from danny that's who's calling right now My name's Danny. The reason why I called is because I feel I feel lonely. I feel lonely all the time. It's as if there's a there's a hole in me which needs to be filled. And then I eat and then I watch TV and that's all I do. And when I'm not doing that, I'm sad. I'm just I'm just totally sad. I don't know what to do. I need help. 
I really need help. Okay, this dude sounds like a killer, like literally a murderer. Like, what is Silence of the Lambs? That's that dude. That's Danny. Oh my, Danny, man. What would you, what would you tell him? I was like, man, you need to get outside, get some sun. You need because you've been locked up too long in, in a house. You meet people. Stop. You sound, you sound creepy. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't ever call someone with that voice ever yeah, again. I would. I think that's good advice. Just yeah. get up, force yourself to do something. Do something. Go outside. Every day. Get some D. Get some <laughs> vitamin D. You need it in yeah, your life. Yeah, go, go hiking. Uh, go to coffee shops. Danny, if I had to paint a picture, he'd probably like 300 pounds. Pale. He also had some sort of accent. I wonder where he was from. Wasn't Didn't sound American. I don't know. I don't know. All right. He sounds scary. This is from uh, Sebastian Cabanas. This also sounds kind of foreign. Oh my God. Hi. Wow. I didn't think I'd get through. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So I have a, uh, a friend who keeps asking me for favors and like, I don't know how to explain it. I have a hard time saying no to him because he's like such a close friend to me, but he just, he's always asking me to do stuff like, uh, helping him move and I'm constantly lending money and just I I found myself stuck between a rock and a hard place. I don't want to lose this relationship with my friend, but at the same time, I I don't think I can keep doing this free labor. It's just too much. So um, what do you, what do you think I should do? Wait, what's this question? Is it about money or just helping him? Explain. I have a hard time saying no to him because he's like such a close friend to me, but. He just he's always asking me to do stuff like uh, helping him move and I'm constantly lending money and just okay. I, I I found myself stuck between a rock and a hard place. I don't want to lose this relationship with my friend. But at the same time, I, I don't think I can keep doing this free labor. It's just too much. So um, what do you, what do you think I should do? OK, so here's my advice on the money part. Never loan money to anyone. <laughs> Give money to people. Like, oh, cause you gotta be, advice. you got, so then if you don't get it back, if they pay you back, great, but there's not an expectation to okay. pay back. Like if I gave you a hundred bucks, I would never loan you a hundred bucks. Sorry. I would give you a hundred bucks. And if you ever pay me back, great, but I'm not expecting it. So it builds no, animosity. what do you do? I don't loan money to friends period yeah. for the most part for the, but if, but what if you do loan money to people or if someone's a really close friend, you just feel too, what do you do if someone came up to you and was like, Hey dude, can I borrow? thousand dollars no you just no no just no sorry no yeah no 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 there you go i That's mean there's no reason for me to give you a thousand now i mean loan you now if i had enough money where i could give you a thousand dollars i would rather do that because then it's on you to pay me back or not and i'm not walking right. around that's all on you to off. feel good about yourself like yeah. and then so, you kind of learn about that person that person exactly yeah. like if i gave you a thousand bucks and you never pay me back? I'd be like, all right. Now I know. But, but now I know. But also, I'm not expecting you to pay me back. Right. No, you yeah. know, so, so I you're got, not setting yourself up for disappointment. So I'm not bothering you. And you're not feeling weird around me. And you could always pull the card. Well, well you gave it to me. You gave me a thousand bucks. Yeah. You know, now as far as moving, I will never help somebody moving or I will never pick them up from LAX. Those are two <laughs> things I will never Dude, do. With, with the invention of Uber, when someone asked me to take them to LAX, I think 
you're a bad friend for asking. You're me a that. horrible yeah, friend. Yeah. You should not have. You should not ask people to pick you up from the airport anymore. Look, I'll get when people ask me. Maybe if it's your wife or something. No. Even then. No. Yeah. No. Take an Uber. I, I tell my wife I do not pick up my wife. Yeah. From the airport, she came with my son. Didn't pick him up. Uber. No, I got a car for him. I uh, tell him to Uber with a baby seat. My parents come to town. They were, I'm not taking a three-hour tour to pick you up from right, an airport. That's the thing with traffic from here to it's LA can sometimes take an hour than an hour back. It's cheaper to get an Uber. It's way more it's convenient faster. for me. Can I tell you, it's so selfish of them to ask us to pick them up from the it's airport. True. It's so selfish. It I'm really not is. responsible yeah. for you. You're right. You know, like when when I when people ask me, I, I just look at and then help you move. Like why? What joy does that bring me? It's like be an adult. Hire a mover. Thank you. Yeah. It's like when people call me up and go, hey, man, you know, like I had this one friend. Oh, I don't want to say his name, but I had this one friend that we're grown men now. You know what I mean? My friends are my age. They're grown. And this dude was like, hey, man, you know, and he always used to give me uh, shit about like, oh, you're not living life. Like he's this dude that would travel all across the world, but stay in hostels and have no job. Is he poor? He doesn't have money. Okay, this is that, at the time. That plays more but then, but then, yeah. but then would want to crash on my couch. I go, dude, we're grown people. It's You're like, dogging me about having a job. You're traveling the world on nothing, staying yeah. in hostels, but you need a place to yeah, stay when maybe, you're in Yeah, so maybe don't do one of your vacations across the world. Thank you. Save that money and get an apartment. Man, I, I yeah. So, no, don't pick people. No, no. Just never let them borrow money. Yeah, if you can't afford to move, then don't move. You know, if you're moving to a different apartment yeah. down the road, but you can't afford to hire movies and stay in your old apartment for another 100%. month, save up, get some movers. I've, I can't lie though. I have a, I have one friend, my one friend who has a pickup truck and I've called him to help me two Did times. Did he move? To, yeah, Did he, he help you move? Yeah. Not move. Like one time was to move oh. a couch specifically. Oh, okay. Just a couch. And I was like, uh, I could go rent a truck or I could just see if I could Oh, use. see that's it. I'll let somebody borrow my truck. Yeah. If I had a truck. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not going to like help you move right yeah it's, it's different right yeah I'm moving not. and moving a couch two different things true like just like hey let's move this table no problem put it in my truck so basically what we're saying to the guy who just called sebastian is say no yeah, yeah. say no say hey if you don't want to be my friend because of this and also let's talk about this it seems like this friendship is one-sided does yeah. it not true does it not because we all have those friends that call you when they have problems but never call you like I like I know a person that the only time they get phone calls is when their friends have problems and they're the most positive person in the world. Only when they get only when people have problems, they call them. not when things are going good. Right. You know? When they're good, they're but, off to doing their own thing. They just want to dump their crap on this person. Yeah. People Bad are friends. just. Yeah. Some people are just selfish. 100%. Just selfish people. Do you have any other issues you need help with besides uh, your two year old? No, no, no. Not with my two year old. You've helped. You've you've cured all my problems, sir. That's good. I guess I'm a great therapist. Then you are. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Yes, my special on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Uh, Blasian. Blasian. Stream it for free. Mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, follow me on Instagram at Michael Yo. All the socials at Michael Yo. But Instagram is. I guess. Do you feel that's where it's at right now? Instagram. Instagram by far and away seems but do where you, it's at. But do you think? Because I'm in this debate where I still think Facebook. Moves I like tickets. Facebook better. Facebook moves tickets. It does for you. Yes. Maybe you just have a big following on Facebook. Maybe that's what I do feel that Instagram gets you more attention. I think it also depends on the age 
uh, the ages. Yeah. Like my parents aren't on Instagram at all. They're it's on, true. But they have Facebook profiles. And that's why I think, you know, since it's like I, I do, I don't say I do a family show. I do family comedy. Mm-hmm. So I feel that a lot of people from face, I get tons of ticket sales from Facebook, yeah. but I'm noticing this pop in Instagram. And now this heat is starting with Instagram, especially after Rogan. So things are rolling like that. So yeah. follow me at Michael. Yo. And then what do you, you think? Twitter's dying. What do you think about Twitter? I think Twitter is only good for live events. Like if you're watching something live, that's the only time it's good. Yeah. I noticed that com- some comedy fans are on Twitter, but I think it's just cause they know their favorite comedians on Twitter. Like no one's, I don't know. Twitter seems to be. Oh, okay. So they want to read what their favorite comedians say. Yeah, they want to interact and read with their favorite comedians, but that's the only reason they're on it. I, can I tell you what surprises me about Instagram is like once you create, and I don't have, I only have like sixty thousand people, but that's once you create a mil, like get into the five, six millions, it's funny how you can put up anything and people like it. Oh, like yeah, like uh, I, I see these people with me. They they just posting a, a, a stupid picture that if they were on me, or your account, I don't know how many you have, but like nobody would like it. Yeah. 10K. But just because it's on a person with two, three million people. Boom. They could post like a it. picture of just this, like this is table. black shitty table right here. Yeah. It'd be like a million likes. Yeah. You're like, you're like I want this. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd sell it. And they <laughs> they'd get paid. When you have enough Instagram followers, people come to you with money like hey will you put my bottle of water in the background oh, of yeah. your picture and we'll give you ten thousand well, dollars well, that's why i like comedians because when they get sponsorships like that at least they'll they'll be funny with it you know they'll yeah. do something funny it's not just a girl showing her ass going i drink this you right. know and i don't follow all those girls uh, i used to like unfollow? follow hot girls uh, whether I knew them in real life or I didn't. Uh, uh, so you then, unfollowed them? I was like, one day I was like, this is unhealthy. I'm scrolling through my Instagram. It's just all these like beautiful women. Well, Instagram skimpy pictures. I'm like, why am I looking at this? Follow me at Michael. Yo, but yeah. let's be honest. Social media is unhealthy because it's everybody living their best life. But you know what? It's, I think social media, what it was intended for and in small moderation is fun and cool. Like if you're just seeing what your friends are up to and you're, and you're staying in contact with people from college and people who aren't really in your day to day life anymore, I think it's great. But yeah, when I see like, it's just comedians posting, you know, look at the cool show I'm doing, or it's just girls posting their sweet, sweet asses. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't what, why would, why would comedians doing cool shit make you upset? When it's just a, a shitload of it, you know, it, it can't help but make you feel like, man, why am I not doing all this uh, stuff? You know, it's not even least, like it's not like a bitterness or a fuck them for doing this. It's it's just like uh, it makes me feel not? a little bit bad about myself, yeah. like I'm not doing enough. So I so now I uh, I mute comedians for the most part, unless Good they're deal. a close friend of mine or I really like the content they put out. I mute them and I don't follow hot girls anymore. Good for you. That I'm not close. You know, that well, I, I feel the same thing. I, I used to read Deadline all the time. And then I used to see all my friends get these opportunities with the same thing. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm happy like, for them. I'm not 100%. Like, it's not coming from a place like, what, why them and not me? It's just like, uh, what am I doing wrong? Right. Just, That's, you question yourself. What am I doing wrong to not have that same opportunity? Do I have the right people around me? That's what you start saying here. Yeah. Do I have to do? I need to make some changes. What am I doing wrong to not have that right. same opportunity? I just noticed since I mute the comedians, you and feel better. I just, yeah, I just walk around a little bit happier. Yeah. So, it's true. I agree yeah. with you 100%. And there's yeah. studies that show show like when you look look at people and you're saying that's what's so tough for women is women love to follow other women 
And that creates sadness because you're watching somebody that's living their best life on yachts or wherever, flying around the world, and you're stuck in Kentucky or, and you're beautiful, but you're going, why am I not that? You're always trying to live. Always comparing yourself. Compare, and that's when you just go into a down, downward spiral. So I'm with you. I start, I cut out a lot of people myself and a lot of things on social, but I still like watching comedians and knowing what they're doing. Sure. But uh, for the industry side, because somebody performing at the comedy store doing different things doesn't affect me. Right. I, I don't care. People do your thing, be yeah. huge. But when somebody gets an opportunity, and I'm happy for them, right. that, oh man, or they think of something I didn't think about. Like, I'm like, oh, I should have thought about that or I should have done this. That's why I don't watch a lot of comedians on stage. Same. Because I don't want to ever pull from something that I feel that I use them to, even if we have a totally different experience. Like, but there are some comedians I will watch. I watch Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr. Sure. Because I know I'm not that type of comedian. I remember I got one comment, just one comment since I've been on Instagram. And it happened after my special came out. And this clip, this clip I just released is called, uh, is my mom racist or just Asian? And somebody goes, oh, my God, that joke sounds like Joe Coy's. And that kind of hit me where it's like I was going to respond. And then it was so funny is they erased it themselves. Oh, weird. Like, because I guess they were faint. So, yeah, because it's like they realized they were, why am I being negative? Why am I being negative? But also he has an Asian mom. We're going to it's not. And it wasn't. They said your mom sounds like Joe Coy's mom. Like, but they're both Asian. Yeah, of course, you know you're going to have similar topics similar, to talk about. Si- his mom says rude things to him. My mom says, but they never say the same thing. You know what I mean? So it's a thing where that was the first time they came up. And How had, do you deal with uh, haters on the internet? Do you ignore them? One thing that uh, stands out to me uh, about it is one thing I've learned, and I've only been in it nine years. I'm not a pro or anything. Yeah. But the thing I've learned is you don't have to be funny to everyone. You just need to be funny to your people. Right. Because that I was at the comedy store and it was a killer lineup. Some people were on it and then Steve-O was on it and Steve-O has a different approach. You know, he tells real stories. Yeah. And one thing that stood out to me is everybody was crushing that night, but the 75 people in the comedy store that came to see Steve-O, he was the best thing in the world that night. Yeah. Even though you had killers on stage, like, 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 like there was a bunch of pop-ins. Right. Like I'm talking crushers. Yeah, it was a dope just, lineup, but Steve-O had str- the set of the night. But Steve-O, to his people, yeah. was the best. Like, if they left after Steve, like, they were like, Steve-O was the best. So that hit me when I was watching, because I love to watch people react to comedy. Yeah. I go, that's when I, I, my attitude changed, and it went, you know what? It's not about being the funniest. It's about being the funniest to your people. Yeah. Just being fun. So stop trying to be funny to everybody. Find your audience and be funny to them because that's what I saw. No matter what, I don't care who was on stage. Nobody was funnier to those 75 people that came to see Steve-O than Steve-O. I agree with that. But so do you respond to negativity? Do you delete it? What's no, your like? No. I mean, it? I do. I do block people. Yeah. If they're being too negative. Yeah. If well, even hateful. if even if I like I'm in a mindset where even if something's questionable, I'll block people. Yeah. Because then because a lot of people just do it like. I got in this trap this long time ago, but somebody would say something negative. I would uh, say something nice back. Hey, it's all good. Whatever. And then I go, Oh my God, I didn't even think you read this. Thank you so much. I really like you. Yeah. So they're just doing it to get something out of you. Yeah. But then I was like, I ain't got time for that. Right. So, uh, eventually 
once I reach a level I want to reach, I think I want to do what Taylor Swift does and did. just not just you can turn off the comments where they, all I can do is like. Really? Is that what Taylor Swift does on Instagram? Yeah, you can't leave comments on Taylor Swift's nope. Instagram. Nope. Wow, that would be kind of cool to do. Yeah, so all they can do is like it. But I'm in a position right now where I'm trying to build, right. and the more people interact right, with your the feed, better. the better you right. get noticed. You yeah. know, Taylor Swift has 119 million people yeah, following. She, she doesn't, doesn't need, need any. Yeah. You know, so once I reach that certain point, uh, and, and Instagram follows are, you know, it, it's so interesting because Joe – I watched Joe after his two spe- after his first Netflix special. He went to the three hundred thousands. After his second one, now he's already in seven eight hundreds. But that doesn't translate. Joe Rogan? No, Joe. Oh, Joe Coy. Coy. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't always. I've seen a lot bigger comedians that have bigger followings that don't sell, like a Sebastian or Joe Coy. Yeah. You know, which is interesting how Instagram. We it's not everything. People not, are like, Instagram's everything. There's no. still plenty. Like you said, you're selling tickets on Facebook. Yeah. Some people are selling them on Twitter. Some people on YouTube by itself. So it's just, it's, yeah. Your vibe creates your tribe. That's oh, what they say. Wow. That's your vibe creates your tribe. And that's what you want to do, man. Find your tribe and be funny to them. Like, that's why now when I go up, I don't even care. It sounds weird. I don't even care if the audience laughs anymore. Yeah, or as long as it's funny to me because I'm working out stuff. And usually when you're very happy with your your material putting out, the crowd loves it. Right. When you're question when you're putting out questionable stuff and you feel it, they can feel it too. True. And literally if you That's say That's a good point to get to though. I'm definitely not at that point. Like oh, when man. I bomb, it stinks. Well, it depends. If it's like a good show and I and I have a bad set, I'm like, shit. I need I re question. Well, I did decision. I did the improv last night. And in my mind when I went up, I said there are four jokes I'm gonna try out. In this 15 minutes. And I'm going to slow down. I'm going to slow down to the point. Because one thing I noticed is, for me, if you're, if you're, I imagine a television anchor reading a teleprompter. If they make one mistake, they're so perfect. If they make one mistake, you can feel it. But when you just slow down and kind of just, I was saying all my jokes, like, usually they hit boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I was like, tonight... I'm going to slow down so I can try out new, slow yeah. it down so much where it's almost like a conversation yeah. with you instead of me performing for you right. that I could throw in anything and it worked, you know, and I was so happy that I tried that. I got my four jokes out that I wanted to do. I surrounded it with good jokes. Did it work I, to the point where you're like, I'm going to do that more often, like that type of thing? It's or? so slow. It's not me, but certain yeah. clubs, like I feel a comedy store is that type of club because to me, the comedy store, when I perform there, when I go into the boom, 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 boom jokes, like where they laugh loud, it doesn't work as well there. But when I slow it down, it works better. Interesting. I don't know why. Yeah, they just want more. I don't know why. But at the but at when I tour, the boom, boom, boom works. Yeah. Or at the ice house or at the improv. Right. But last night, it was in smaller crowds. They feel overwhelmed when you're just right. boom, 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 boom. So I just slowed down, and I like the tempo. I will tell you this. You can try out a lot of stuff, and the hour goes by a lot faster. I only did 15 minutes, but that 15 yeah. minutes went so fast where I felt like I had didn't even perform because I was kind of just like, you know, a lot of comedians are doing that now. You know, just like a Theo Vaughn will just sit up just there. Just talking, yeah. Just talking. You know, and the long pauses. I went to the comedy store. I never noticed so many comics than right now that are doing that. And yeah, a lot of comics are just trying really hard to just be themselves. Yeah, and just talk and it's just yeah. 
you know? I mean, yeah. it's just like, well, I was thinking about this today. You know, like yeah. that's the vibe instead of like, hey, I'm this, I'm doing boom, boom, boom. So it's, it's I, I don't know if that's my style because to me, I like energy. Yeah. And I like, it's almost like, I like the Joe Coy vibe where it's like, boom, like it's just, you like a show. After laughter. Yeah, I like yeah. a show. Yeah. I like when people are finished, they go, oh my God. You know, like when I watch a lot of comedians that have the slower pace, I was like, oh, they were funny. But I'm not like, whoa, that right. was amazing. I was like, oh, they were great. You know, like, so I, I don't know. But he's my mentor. So I sure. think I try to emulate him and, yeah. and walk in his foot. He's the guy that I want to eventually be. I think you will. You know what? You're I, doing great. Thank, thank you. Is that is Once that your, we get your podcast your, going? Yeah. Once we build your little studio, boom, dude. 60,000. Talk about 60 million. Million. <laughs> You're going to be the most full. I wonder who, how much Kevin Hart has. I don't know. But Rogan has like six or seven million. Okay. Uh, Rogan's the biggest podcaster, right? Yeah. Okay. And Adam Carolla, I would say. So let's get you just to one million. Yeah. You know, you know, you don't want to get too big. Too big. It's like when you're too famous, it's overwhelming. You don't want to be that guy. Can I tell you what's funny yeah. about Rogan? And I hate to talk about another podcaster on this show. Yeah. But there's a lot of comedians that listen to this. Is I'm around celebrities at the comedy store, like like celebrities on TV. So nervous to walk up to Rogan. Yeah, he's like, intimidating. It's, it's, he's it, an alpha male. It's so crazy. I he's was like with, the coolest guy. He's into fighting, comedy, bow and arrow hunting. Like, like I was with two celebrities at the comedy store this weekend. They were like, oh, wow, look, that's Joe Rogan. I was like, yeah, go say hi. You want me to? Tr-? No, 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 no. We're cool. We just want to see. I'm like, that's so weird for me. You know, because yeah. I've known him for 18 years, yeah. and now he's this dude where, like, people are so scared to come up yeah. to him. And I'm Comedians like, he too. would know, he would know who you are, dude. Yeah, like you're on, you're famous. <laughs> like, like you're famous. He knows he would love to meet you. I'm sure. Yeah. But I'll have celebrities because I do, you know, I, I do radio shows. They go, oh my god, you were on Joe Rogan. Yeah, it's a dream of mine. I'm going. You got 40 million followers. <laughs> All you have to do is reach out. I'm sure. But I don't know. I don't know what he books. He He's books. picky. He doesn't reach yeah. out just because you're famous. No. He has to like, like what you're into. Too. Yeah. Yeah. He really does, man. Yeah. And and it was so interesting how he's a star maker, man. He's yeah. a freak. And like, I know what you said. And that's what makes people nervous to meet him too. Like comedians get nervous because they're like, man, that guy has the power to change my whole life. Yeah. And, and even if they're a cool guy, even if they're not like an ass kisser, that's just a weird thing to walk think, up to. And, and, I, and I think it's a thing where he, like I see him in the hallways of the comedy store and I see wherever he's standing, it, a bubble ha- where people walk yeah, way. People, don't, they don't even walk beside him to go past. It's like a bubble. It's like, it's so weird. They like bubble out <laughs> and walk around yeah. them. You know, like they don't even want to get, and that's how much power he has right and now. And he's really chill. He's, he's, a, the he's, nicest he's the nicest guy. guy. Yeah, he's the nicest guy. Now, like, you of know, course, you know, if you don't he, want he's to be getting aggressive. overwhelmed and bothered. Don't mess with him. He'll walk away. But yeah, but overall, he's a. But man, I, can, nice I can't guy. tell you, man, how proud I am of him, knowing him that long, yeah. and to see because I was on the first episode of Fear Factor, and you were. I was on the pilot of Fear Factor as a as a contestant. Contestant, and that's how we met. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I was on his pilot. Episode one. Episode one. No, not episode. The pilot. Like, before. like did it go on TV? Oh, yeah, yeah. It did. But we were at eighth one shown. But we were the first thing ever shot. Wow. What did you do? What was the grossest thing you had to do? We had to eat sheep eyeballs. You ate a sheep eyeball? Three of them. You yeah. ate three sheep. Did you win? 
No, I mm. lost. Dude, the footage is so funny, man. I, 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 I like. Where were you at in your career at this time? Were you just? Oh, like I was a radio in? DJ in Austin. I didn't were, even live here. Wow. Eighteen years. I only moved here like twelve years ago. So this was six years before I even. Two thousand one. That's we so did cool. Yeah. So your 18. first Hollywood experience was going on Fear Factor and eating cheap eyeballs for Joe Rogan. Does he remember that? Oh, hundred percent. That's why he booked me. He goes, man. Out of all the people on Fear Factor, you're the guy that made it. That's hilarious. Like we did 12 seasons or whatever number of seasons, hundreds well, of most episodes. people on there were just normal people too, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was a normal person too. I was well, a radio. But you people. were in a, you were pursuing was, entertainment, but I never, I at that like, time, I never thought I would live in LA. Yeah. Like I never thought I would, I mean, like I never wanted to do like, this sounds horrible, right. but I never, I would right. love you thought you were a radio DJ. I was a radio DJ. Yeah. And then all this opportunity came. And once I moved to LA, like I got a job on TV and I never did TV. You know, because I did a good radio show. The president of E was like, oh, if you can do that, you just do that on television. Yeah. We like the way you interview people. I was like, uh, okay. And so I didn't realize it till about six months after moving here with a television job. Oh, it's hard to get on TV, you yeah. know? And then what's funny is all the opportunity I got moving here in the first couple of years, now you need to sustain so now it's a different battle because now I'm known on television in the entertainment world. It's cool, though, that your story, it's like it happened so organically, kind of. It you did, know what I mean? It wasn't you pushing for it. It was like, I got this job. It fell into this job. It fell into that. Well, the, cool. the E job <laughs> fell into the Kardashians, where I was on a couple seasons of the Kardashians, Courtney and Chloe Take Miami, to Chelsea. And I treated all those people well. I was their first interviews on E!, they used me as, because I did a radio show for you, they used me as kind of like, um, you know, oh, media training. So the Kardashians, and, and they said, hey, if we if we get on a TV show, we're going to put you on. And both of them did that, man. Pretty cool. Dude, stuff. Now it's going to happen on your podcast. Thanks for coming on mine. Dude, thank Thanks you. Thanks for doing it. I appreciate thank it. You're listening, to, you're listening to Unlicensed. 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 Unlicensed Therapy with Ari Manis. Ari Manis.